Welcome back to the Fundamentalists. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Faiza. I'm Mehak. And today we're continuing our conversation um, that we started with uh, Shema Azam, who's a beauty reporter. If you want to listen to that episode as a little precursor to this one, we're continuing a conversation about beauty and the impact of COVID and BLM. Um, on the beauty community. And we have with us this name, the founder and creator of this name cosmetics, a beauty company that aims to celebrate all types of people, culture and colors and offers the best lipstick shades for a variety of skin tones. And this name is truly super international. So I'm going to throw it over to you to introduce yourself to us and our listeners. Yes. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm pretty international, as you said it. I um, am of Bengali background, grew up in Australia, born in the UK, but currently I'm actually based in Tallinn, Estonia. So um, yeah, I've got a pretty interesting mix behind me. So cool. And the coolest accent I think we've had on the podcast. Oh gosh, it's I think this, yeah, this is the only accent that we've really had on oh, the podcast. God, yeah. I don't know if it's a good accent. I seem to have like all my friends from different um, backgrounds have something to say. Like my British friends are like, wow, you sound like Crocodile Dundee. But then my... <laughs> But then my like um, Australian fr- friends are like, "Oh wow, you're trying to be really posh these days." I'm like, "I'm confused. I can't get. I can't catch a break." Um, it's so funny because my 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 brother and sister both spent uh, time in England, and they when they got there, they realized that people can that there are regional accents that oh. we don't. Wow. Like we have here in the States, but to every to them, everybody sounded British. And they're like, after some time, you could start picking up where people were yeah, from. For sure. And I feel like there are also like class-based accents, right? Oh, like yeah. if you grew up yeah. super rich, Absolutely. you have a certain... Yeah, there's definitely uh, a posh accent, but then there's also like a very Northern accent, very like, yeah, Scouse accent. It's really, really interesting um, to hear everything. I can't understand half the people half the time, to be, to be honest. I'm like, say it again. Yeah. Very cool. So, no, that's awesome. And that's what, so I guess a nice segue into like the ethos of your brand, which mm-hmm. is very much centered around inclusivity and diversity. Um, so, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to start your own cosmetics company and why inclusivity and celebrating like different cultures and lifestyles is so important to you. Yeah. So, I guess starting the brand, I based it around lipsticks and I've always been a makeup lover and specifically lipsticks have been a big, um, I guess, you know, makeup love of mine. And that's how I really got into makeup to begin with. Um, and I found that growing up, I was always mixing and matching and blending different shades together from different brands. Um, and people would compliment, people would say, Oh, I love your lipstick. What are you wearing? And I was like ending up listing like several different um, shades. So I thought, why not create a product that kind of has these iconic shades that I'm wearing and blending up myself? Um, And then that kind of, you know, followed into, I guess, the ethos of the brand, um, which is basically celebrating all cultures, all backgrounds, all all skin tones. Um, Because I guess being a South Asian woman and a person of color, it's very much like a, I guess, my matter it's my existence right so why not create for me and people like me and everyone else (laughs) I love that lipstick is what you started with because Mm. as somebody who is trash at applying makeup yeah and like keeps buying it and has no idea what to do with it um anytime a brand comes out with more like foundation shades or more concealer Mm. shades to me it's like 
okay, I don't know mm-hmm. how to use them anyway, even if it's a color that matches my skin. But yeah. lipstick is something that you don't even think of, but it looks so different on different skin tones, yeah, right? Based on sure. like the cool tones of it or the warm Absolutely. tones or how much blue it has in it or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but beauty bloggers and beauty magazines will rave about the cult red or the cult nude, but that cult red and cult nude only looks amazing and cultish on certain skin tones. It doesn't necessarily match a skin tone like mine. So I love, love, love that you started with lipstick because I think it's so overlooked when it comes to um, inclusivity in terms of what what will work for different skin tones. And it's so accessible too, right? Mm. Lipstick is like universal in terms of and it's an instant pick me up like foundation concealer takes a lot of effort lipstick you swipe it on bada bing you look like you slept 10 hours and gateway makeup i think yeah i mean that's i feel like that's how a lot of like myself and my girlfriends that's how we found that's how we started makeup was like going to my mom's like little she had a powder blue kit (laughs) that you open up uh, from like the 70s, it was like a relic from oh God, decades yeah. ago. And she had all her makeup in there. And I remember the smell of it. Oh, yeah. And I remember just trying on her, all of her like lipsticks and her like blue eyeshadows. Mm-hmm. And like, that was it. Like lipstick is the way to, was like the the entree into this yeah. world. And it's but also, I think our moms were using lipstick as a multi-stick before it became yes, a cool thing, right? Yes, like how many times have you seen your mom put the three exactly. dots on her cheek and just yeah. – Blusher. That literally yeah, yeah. Blusher. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Blusher. But that's actually what led into the creation of the brand because as much as I do call the product a lipstick, I have really advertised it to be this multi-diverse product because uh so one thing about the product, it's a two-in-one um two-in-one application. So it has a hydrating lipstick on one end and then a liquid lipstick on the other. And the reason I did that was because, yeah, like you have the memories of your childhood. I have similar ones where I was literally using one, like my parents were like, you do not have pocket money to spend on several, you know, different types of makeup. You get one thing and you've got to make that last throughout the year until your next birthday kind of thing. So I was like, okay, how can I make a product that, you know, you get your bang for buck and it's versatile and it kind of, you know, ticks off various boxes. So And looks good on all these different places on my face. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, having a product that could recreate as a cheek tint was really important. And then also because we've got the liquid lipstick end, you can actually create it as a liquid eyeshadow and a liquid eyeliner, which – um, is such a win because it makes life easier when everything's so unison. You can have the eye makeup, the cheek makeup, and the lip makeup to be completely the same. Like, yeah, that was a big thing for me. Um, I have to say, my new guilty pleasure is to watch your tutorials and your stories. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Where you use like the different. I, I'm like obsessed. And that's why this morning I was watching it. And I was like, oh shit, she looks really nice. I need to like <laughs> do something with my hair. Let me fix my hair real quick. Let me draw in my eyebrows. <laughs> so no, well, you're looking lovely. Best. So uh, take an approval over here. No, that, um, so my, I guess my question to you is you're, you started off as an on, you're an online retailer, right? So you don't yeah. really have any like brick and mortar yeah. stores, yeah. which is probably great because of COVID, everybody yeah. switched to online. So yeah. how is that? When did you start? Like how old is your company? So it would be, so it's a year roughly that we've oh, okay. had the company. So very new. Yeah. So fairly new. We launched it, yeah, beginning of last year. So yeah, maybe a year and a half now, I guess. Um, and 
yeah, we just the premise of creating an online platform, an e-commerce store where it's really accessible. Obviously, having the um, concept of it being like culturally diverse and inclusive, I wanted it to be, um, you know, accessible to everyone and anyone in the world. So having it as a online um, presence was really important and also being able to ship worldwide was really important. So that kind of came down to our, um, you know, where we have our warehouse and all those kinds of decisions just so, it, you know, you're getting reasonable transit times, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that's definitely been a big thing for us. Christine, what is the – sorry if I said to cut you off. Um What has the reception been like for you? I mean, and I I don't know how it is in Estonia, um, but I feel like in uh, in the West, in America Mm -hmm. especially, um, there's like this undercurrent of cattiness, right? In like Mm -hmm. the beauty world, especially in the beauty social media world. And I think on its face, everybody talks about uplifting other women of color and, you know, being inclusive. But then when it comes down to actual support Mm. it's not always there and that's such a grand you know big brushstroke generalization Mm -hmm. um so please don't get at me (laughs) listeners (laughs) giving me examples where people do uplift because I know they do but I do think there's this undercurrent so what has not only been the reception from clients but also like your peers in the industry I think I guess being a smaller platform and like being relatively young, I think people, as in the platform itself and the brand, um, people can kind of see it's what, how do I want to say this? I feel Tazim Cosmetics is really relatable, if that makes sense. And they know it's just because it's a one man show. It's honestly just me. I created this brand and I've had help here and there from, you know, from my partner to peers, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really just like a one man show or one woman show, I should say. And so when people can see that I've actually experienced the same, you know, um, discomforts of growing up in a Western society and being someone of color, being South Asian and having to kind of navigate how I feel about my beauty and how it's represented and like sharing that story on my platform, people can kind of see um, and relate to that, if that makes sense. And then knowing that, and they're not, and they realize that it's not this big brand trying to, you know, sell as many. Just play lip service. Yeah, exactly. They're not doing it to tick. I'm not doing it to tick a box. This is actually my life and this is actually my experience. And I think when people can see that and see, I guess, the genuine side of that. That's been really nice and that's kind of been the response actually. Like, yeah, that's how I would kind of chalk it up to be. That's amazing. Yeah. it's a, Yeah, it seems like a really personal – it's a personal narrative and then mm-hmm. you are the face of the brand. You know, you're doing yeah. all these tutorials and you're showing how the products look on your skin and other people's skin. Mm-hmm. So wh- what was the reception like for you personally, like your friends and your family? Starting your own company, especially yeah. a beauty company in the South Asian community isn't yeah. like something that a lot I of people do. No, of course. Well, that was like a big kind of – I didn't tell my parents until it was launched and out there and they could see it because it like, you know, being from a South yeah. Asian family being from a Muslim South Asian family as well it's not really you know they're like oh my daughter couldn't have been a doctor or a lawyer and here she is selling like crayons on the internet they wouldn't you know what I mean it's like um 
multi-use crayons thing would be so confused so I was like I really have to you know have something to show yeah have something to show present it really nicely get kind of like the backing behind it before I even um approach my parents with it but once they could see it and they could see the passion and whatnot they've been only but supportive um friends have been really like wow I'm so glad you did it especially like my Bengali um girlfriends that I've grown up with they were like oh my god I'm so glad you just like you know went for it and yeah really really supportive in the sense of family and friends and then yeah it's been kind of a slow build up socially but the response that I've gotten socially has been so amazing like just the little dms I get or even comments or even just a like just the supportive likes and shares that I get on social media it means so much to me because I know you know there's so much out there there's so much content to consume so the fact that there's another I don't know South Asian girl across the other side of the world that can connect and relate just it yeah it's truly why I even continue to do this project in Tasneem Cosmetics. So I was gonna say that's really I think that's really amazing. That's super important, especially given the conversation around the beauty community in light of like BLM and mm-hmm. and there's been a conversation about inclusivity and the lack mm-hmm. of diversity in marketing and just mm-hmm. like product development. Mm-hmm. Um so given that you kind of already started with this as part of your brand, mm-hmm. when you see other companies struggling, especially big companies, yeah. to make their way into this market. Like, what is that for you as a smaller brand, as an indie brand, mm-hmm. doing this work and making it so personal? Um, mm-hmm. I know that because you're you are international, so the BLM stuff may not affect mm-hmm. you as mm-hmm. uh, much as it has like American based companies. Mm-hmm. But um, you you've seen oh, there's yeah. like no way to get away from it. Oh, but sure. what's your what are your thoughts on like as an out, kind of an outsider looking into American politics and the way yeah. BLM has kind of exploded what do you what is it like yeah I mean um so I have only recently moved to Estonia it's probably been a month or so but prior to that I was in the UK and obviously the black community there is um quite big and it had it it, the everything that happened in the United States like honestly I feel took the world by storm because it was so just heartbreaking to see and it was kind of that yeah, like the world just kind of unified in that one moment, or at least for me and what I witnessed. But um, I guess bringing it back to your question about seeing companies and how they've implemented it and tried to, I guess, um, navigate. It's, I'm in two minds, because obviously, it's great that companies now are wanting to discuss and like have these, I guess, uncomfortable conversations. But you know, there's a part of me where it's like, is it a little too late? Like, why was this not, you know, something that was thought about, yeah, in development, for instance, or at the beginning of your hiring processing, or, you know, all these questions are now kind of getting brought up. Um, and, you know, prior to Tasneem Cosmetics, I've been working within the fashion and beauty industry. And I've had to actually witness uncomfortable, random, you know, um, situations where I felt uncomfortable you know approaching my boss or approaching my co-worker and kind of like setting setting them straight you know um it it it, I don't know I I don't really have the words for it it's just kind of like a mix of disappointment and 
I guess we just kind of have to, you know, lead by kind example. Like way- um, this meme, I love that you said that about like, why was this not considered yeah. earlier in the process yeah. or at the hiring process or any of these things? And I agree with you hundred percent, especially because it seems so obvious and intuitive, obvious. right? Yeah. Like if you have a diverse demographic in mm. either the society you're living in or the country or internationally, because now so many brands do have the ability to provide their products internationally, yeah. clearly you should be catering to everybody. But part of me wonders if, and I I can't speak for all people of color, but certainly Mm. within like the South Asian community, if we have a role to play in that, right? Because Mm. colorism is so deeply rooted in our community, right? Even like Pakistanis judge other Pakistanis based on how light they are. And even I think it's like becoming a very new thing where a darker, darker skin South Asian is going to own the darker skin and say, Hey, this yeah. is my color. Like I'm not going to put that 10 shades mm-hmm. lighter foundation on my face, Literally. you know, whether it's like brides or whoever it mm-hmm. is. So I wonder mm-hmm. if we have a role to play in that by not demanding the expanded Absolutely. offering earlier yeah. because we were so unable to yeah. own our own color. Yeah, of course. Not, not yeah. to, not to put it on us because I, no, I'm no, not no, saying that we're sure. the problem, but I, I yeah. think like it is very it's, specific it's very to hard. the South Asian community. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you look like beauty companies, uh, someone who works for like a beauty conglomerate, I'm not mm-hmm. on the beauty side at all. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still on like the social impact sustainability side, but they don't. They didn't see people of color as a market, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't see us as a consumer. Yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, and then that's especially for black people, right? But Mm -hmm. South Asians Mm. have this real deep seated as colonized individuals. I still hold on to this like Western beauty ideal of fairer is better no matter what. And then you have Bollywood perpetuating, right? The issue with them hawking Mm -hmm. all these fair skin creams, whatnot. Like all of my favorite Bollywood actresses have Mm -hmm. done it at some point, Bollywood actors have done Mm it. And so, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. And Where even beauty the darker already skinned looked, yes. actresses end up being filtered like hell to yeah. appear lighter skin. Yeah, yeah. and true. you have like directors saying like Karan Johar, who is the worst. Eh. I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna work with the man, so I'm gonna say it. He yeah, is yeah. the worst. I'm outing him now. <laughs> Did he adopt like two white kids? Yes. Yeah. Stop. I can't. I can't. He, you know, like the that, nepotism. That like angry. Yeah. yeah. He and he said that like he doesn't or he didn't cast dark-skinned women because of lighting issues or like in theater productions you're not going to be able to see them from the back because if they're dark-skinned you won't be able to see their facial expressions like crazy yeah. unbelievably just like psychotic yeah. <laughs> mental gymnastics you have to Illiterate. do to like yeah. completely yeah. like unparjahil yeah did you guys watch did you guys watch um indian matchmaker on netflix i haven't i'm i'm a lone holdout that's exactly why i asked you this question because like so many people came down on sima auntie from mumbai i don't know why she denounced her city every time she said her name but so many people came down on her for being like oh you know you have to be fair-skinned you have to be tall and like yes totally ignorant uncouth Mm -hmm. backwards ass Mm -hmm. comments for her to make but the reality is that that's where her yeah. clients were looking for. So exactly. is she that the illiterate SOP or is it the rest that's of the society it. that's demanding? Absolutely. This? 
that's yeah, the thing that I is, was kind yeah. of intrigued by because I was like I know about the aunties like that's not new to me like you know I've experienced that but it was so interesting to hear it from the young the younger people who were wanting to get matchmaker I think that like the last girl I don't think they even showed her story but the last girl she like listed it as a preference and I was like oh I'm so disappointed like I just because obviously my upbringing I'm you know um my parents immigrated to a Western culture and now I've kind of, you know, navigated myself here and my other friends who have got a similar background, like we would never even think that way, but then it's still ingrained. That's exactly. Really That's exactly. Yeah. I think it is so ingrained and I think it takes a lot of like courage and self-worth mm. to accept yourself. Yeah. In your full form, right? Whether that's, that's the shape of your body, the color yeah. of your skin, your sexuality, your gender, whatever it is, it takes a lot. And that's why I think representation from brands like you makes such mm. a difference yeah. because for a girl growing up in like a predominantly white town who doesn't mm-hmm. see any, but of course mm-hmm. she's going to try to make herself fit Absolutely. like the five colors offered I mean, I by that girl, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and not only but that, but like other you brands, see it outside mm-hmm. and then you're getting it at home too, right? So That's you're it. getting it from both sides. It's not yeah. like at home, at least somebody's telling you you're so beautiful in the skin, in the skin yeah. you have. Yeah. You're getting it from your aunties, your uncles, your yeah. grandmother telling you like, stay out of the sun. Literally. You know, I really like, stay out I of the sun. Need this vitamin D. Let me live. <laughs> yeah. I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's so like as as woke as we are, we still have that indoctrination yeah. from For such sure. a young age, right? It's so ingrained, and so like so, uh, you kind of have to like retrain your brain in a lot of ways. And like yeah. I try to How ask do myself, you think that okay, I guess there's the Western society one, but then yeah, with this South Asian um, Bollywood, for instance, and just. India, let's say, do you think that can change there? Like, and how much work do they have to do? Like, that's the part where I'm like, well, yeah, like the mindset needs to change. But if it's not even changing in the motherland, let's say that, like, how are we going to, you know, I think it only changes when we start changing it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think any of us can or should be excused from not speaking up against it right yeah I have full-blown fights with people full-blown screaming fights with people (laughs) because I'm fair-skinned my daughter is not and my son is super fair-skinned yeah and people will make comments like oh that's so weird that she's darker and it's like She's no, like a, all, a fetus. Why exactly. is anyone commenting on the color of your child's skin? <laughs> What's weird oh, about it, right? Like the connotation is that like, oh, like how do you feel that your daughter is yeah. as fair skinned as you? Oh. I feel fantastic. But she's, yeah. she's actually like a brilliant, beautiful little girl. Um, but and, and that's not to like pat myself on the back. That's not yeah. the reason I say yeah. that. But I'm just saying I think like these are the really yeah. In- important fights that you have to have it's like and and it's a facet of racism but it's like when you have a friend or a co-worker Mm -hmm. make that 
kind of racist, borderline, you don't know joke. And you kind of just laugh along with it. You don't want to ruffle feathers. You're in like a work setting or a weird setting. You don't want to be the obnoxious person. The 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 microaggressions, right? That's what those are. Implicitly condoning it. And I feel the exact same way about colorism. Even if somebody doesn't explicitly say, oh, your daughter is not pretty because she's dark. Yeah. That's the path you're headed down, and yeah. I'm going to stop you. Yeah, you need to check. Right, yeah, you yeah. Need to stop checking people left, right, and center because it's been too long. I think my biggest answer thing- your question is: it going to change in our lifetime? Yeah. I don't think so at all. I think it's exactly what you're saying, Meg, is it starts at home, right? It starts at home. You have to really look inward in order to affect any change outward. But I think we're seeing it more and more on social media. A lot of uh, Bollywood Mm, actresses who like hawk these facial creams and whatnot. And especially because it's now becoming a little more mainstream. Uh, people are calling them out on social media. Like there's so many like memes and TikToks about Priyanka Chopra back in the day. Like yeah. she used Fair and Lovely or Dipika used Fair and Lovely yeah, or whatever it is. And people are about that. so many memes and I love them. I eat them up. How but, do we like, feel? Did we see her? About Priyanka. Um, yeah, Priyanka. And do we remember her? Um, oh, very awkward um, Black Lives Matter post. It was bad. I was like the all lives matter of it all. I could not. Yeah. I was just like, please, someone save her. Jonas, Nick Jonas, <laughs> grab your wife because yeah. there's going to be a Bring her in, my friend. It was this tone so deaf. It's so uncomfortable. It's so tone deaf. But that's because I feel like it's this like back home mentality of yeah. like, Oh, She's well, just we're- got that pageant queen smile. She knows how to do the one trick. Like, yeah, I. Yeah. That was what was disappointing, though. I was like, wow, like you, for the longest time, you should have, know better. Yeah, you should know better. And so and many you have people this are like, platform. Yeah, so many people look up to you. You could have made really it in made Hollywood it. as well. People are yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so excited! Finally, Bollywood, Hollywood, it all comes together. And then you do that. It was like right. Um, it's just especially. Yeah. Because she crossed over, right? So she's this huge crossover hit. And you, whether or not you want to be, you are our representation. For sure. Whether or not I want you to be, you're our representation. I don't. I don't. She ain't never going to listen to this. So. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going comes for us after this. I'm I'm kidding. I mean, Uh, great. That'll probably get us a lot of engagement. Yeah, we'd love (laughs) that. (laughs) But to Faisa's point, I think once the brands start hurting, that's when it starts yeah, to Yeah, that's exactly what bit. it is. It's all about the bottom line. Like, yeah. unless you, they, the only way companies, especially in a capitalist society like ours, the only way companies are ever going to do right is if we demand it from them by withholding mm-hmm. our money. Because that's where yeah. the power really lies, is and with I our dollars. And I think the only way individuals start doing right and break out of mm-hmm. the colonial mindset is through mm-hmm. seeing other people that look like them and accept yeah that they look like them. You and know people, what I mean? Yeah, and Another dark-skinned yeah. girl doesn't make a yeah. difference to me if she's just yeah. covering her face with white makeup. That's it. That's right. It. And that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is not not just seeing them, but people who are like, that enjoy their bodies, that enjoy yeah. their skin tone, that like are not afraid of their sexuality or being who they are, which is why I love so much about, the thing that I love so much about your brand is that you have, it's not just skin color and skin tone, it's also lifestyles. You have LGBTQ mm. representation, like Daddy Zane, who is yeah, the most know. beautiful he's man, beautiful. person, just like, just a I beautiful know. human being. He's, he's, yeah, he's a stunning, he's actually a really good friend of mine and um 
yeah, just so, I guess, honored to like work in collaboration with him and see what he's doing for just himself, really. That's the thing. I feel that's yeah. why I like Tasneem Cosmetics and obviously Zaddy Zane's um, uh, platforms have kind of resonated with people because we're talking about our real lives. We're not trying to fake and front and be like, oh my God, we want inclusivity for everyone and then not do it. Like these are our real life experiences and Zane is, you know, uh a gay man navigating his life in a South Asian community, a Muslim South Asian community, and trying to, like, you know, do what feels right. Because for the longest time, I think, like, growing up, it's like you have this conflict of, like, I know what I'm doing is right, but then why is it that this community is telling me that it's wrong and what will other people think and how will I, you know, so... Yeah, it's so interesting just kind of letting go of that, I don't know, that icky feeling that you have of like, well, I don't think it's wrong, but then why am I told it's wrong? But then, you know, kind of um, really embracing that other side of you kind of comes at a cost as well. It's all very, very interesting. And I don't know, you know, whether you guys have experienced the same thing, but it's just, it's a lot. But uh, as long as I can create a platform and content and a product that, resonates with people in a way you know why not I love that so much I think that's exactly what it's like being um like having a bicultural identity Mm. that's exactly what it's like you Mm. know what you're doing is right like being accepting and loving and empathetic is right Mm. but then you have this community behind you telling you that it's not and so like where how do you move forward how do you keep going how are you authentic It's yeah. on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's like, okay, now I'm going to bring my, you know, my Bengali um, yes. And that's not right table. either. Yeah. And, then, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, what are you doing? It's it, it just very – it's a juggling system and I'm not ready – I'm I'm over juggling. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of yeah. want to – You just want to be. I just want to be who you are. And I want other people who want to be to kind of be able to do that with Tasneem Cosmetics or the platform or, you know. I feel like this is something Faiza and I used to talk about early on in the podcast when we started it, um, when stuff with Saudi was kind of hitting the fan and we went on multiple tirades about how we much we hate Saudi Arabia. I'm so down forever <laughs> ready to, against, uh, to tirade against Saudi. But I think like that's that's the hardest thing about growing up with, this, with Islam in a Western mm. community being yeah. of immigrant parents right and it's not necessarily their fault because i think Mm. they just teach what they were taught but in south asian communities especially maybe in arab communities as well i just can't Mm. speak to it because i'm not arab but Mm. in south asian communities especially so much of islam is conflated with the culture right so anything your parents don't want you to do up haram it you can't do that oh my god it's like actually it's not um and they turn like cultural norms into yeah. religious scripture, yeah, quote unquote. Exactly. So, for example, all the um, restrictions against women and like, mm. oh, you have to get married really young and you can't work yeah. and you can't do any of these things. Zero basis in Islam Literally. whatsoever. But you're taught thinking that, oh my God, this is so wrong because, you know, the parents and the aunties and uncles and whatever, whatever think I'm like going off the deep end because I'm Mm -hmm. going to college and getting a master's degree and daring to live by myself and work and all of those things. So I think it's, it's so problematic and it really lends to, like you said, this horrific 
horrific growing up process and even that you know that's baggage you have kind of forever because that's forever I know that I'm working through it but even now I'm like baggage that also takes a lot of effort to work through to be able to you have to unpack all that baggage yeah Yeah, you have to unpack it and you have to like analyze that shit and figure out what where it's coming from and why and how to how to stop it yeah what's actual and what's made up and what is all of these yeah. things. But that's why it's so like important to me to, I guess, collaborate and work with so many like-minded people from similar upbringings as well as different ones as well. So like talking to you guys is so exciting because I'm like, oh, wow, they they get it. It's not like recreating you know, a whole story. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so that's also why with Zane, I know for him um, – his experience is still vastly different from mine, but there's elements that we can kind of pick out and, you know, we can just get that understanding that sometimes. Baseline, yeah. So, let me ask you, what's next for you? What's next for the brand, whether in terms of like more product offerings or are you looking to collaborate with other brands um, instead of just influencers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, At this stage, it's kind of, we're going with the flow. We're seeing what fits. We're seeing what, I guess, our customer wants. Um, I've had a couple of DMs and messages and requests for um, widening the brand. So that's something that I'm definitely uh, wanting to dive into, just seeing what types of products people are wanting, um, et cetera. I mean, the world is my oyster at the minute. So I'm kind of open to it all at this stage. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So this stage is kind of um, honing what we have and broadening our community, our Tasmanian Cosmetics crew, as I like to call it, just kind of reaching out and seeing uh, who wants to get involved, what they want, and just, yeah, giving back, essentially. <laughs> Very cool. Um, what do, This is purely selfish question because yeah. I'm always so intrigued when I see new brands start up. What was the timeline like for you from, like, conception of the yeah. idea to your first, first prototype being produced yeah, yeah, yeah. to, like – okay, we've perfected this, we're ready to go live with it. Yeah. So I would say it was like a good year. So I had it, had the idea a year ago, I guess. And I was like, oh, you know, I really want to, you know, dive into the makeup scene. But then obviously I had my reservations of like, oh my God, it's such a saturated place, da, 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 da. So that was like the only thing that held me back. But then eventually I was like, no, I'm just going to dive in and go for it. And then it was just the process of um, formulas and samples. So I just kind of started that process. And maybe that was like a three-month kind of back and forth because it only really takes like two weeks to kind of get samples at the time. Now it's probably different with all the COVID regulations. But at the time it was like a relatively quick back and forth and so I had three months of that and then it was just designing um the brand and the packaging and you know really understanding what Tasneem Cosmetics would be could be etc etc um and then yeah just kind of sent it off for development and then it was just the process of waiting for it all to get ready to go (laughs) so yeah yeah did you know that you wanted to do the two-in-one, like you wanted to have like a yeah. multi-purpose product for your yeah, initial offering? For sure. So that was like my my biggest thing because I wear lipstick and I like to wear – not back in the day, I used to wear a, a, a matte lipstick, like a matte hydrating lipstick because I, I, I – 
get infuriated with a crusty lip. Like there's nothing more <laughs> that drives me insane than feeling dry and cracked and just like, Ugh. Um, so I love to have like a hydrating base, but then I would always top it with a liquid lipstick because I love the long, long lasting results. I love the like, you know, no transfer results. So I was like, you know, what if I create a product that has two where you can have this base, but then you can have this seal as well. Um, and then on top of that, depending on the consumer, like they might like to just wear a hydrating lipstick and keep it at that. Or there might be that person that loves like a really mattified, long lasting lipstick. So it's up to the consumer how they want to mix and match it. Um, and then on top of that, you can obviously use it as a cheek tint and eyeshadow and eyeliner. So it kind of all snowballed from that. But um, yeah, the initial thing was like, it has to have a, a, a duo situation because um, people can't, go around looking crusty you know (laughs) no never uh I want to just quickly go back to kind of like what we started talking about which was like the impact of COVID for you you're an online retailer so like you didn't have to worry so much about your brick and mortar retail situation but do you see it impacting or has it already impacted the way you approach your business or you approach your social media or anything like how do you, yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. think like your, the long-term effects are going to look like, especially for the beauty community, beauty yeah. industry? So when initially COVID hit and all the regulations kind of got put in place, um, it was an interesting time because people are, were more socially active, as in social media active. They were on their phones, they were on their computers all day, every day. Um, so we were getting a lot of engagement and a lot of reaction and a lot of sales at that time. But there were all the issues with um, couriers and transit times, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like a big thing for me because being a smaller business and, you know, having all of a sudden like a big attraction, um, it was hard to kind of say, oh, you know, not being able to offer our competitive, you know, shipping rates or our competitive shipping times just was a bit of like a, oh, that's a bummer. But everyone who bought and everyone who followed were really, really, um, understanding and supportive with the whole situation so it was just a bit of a learning on I guess what we could deliver and what we could um, I guess provide at that time but now that things are slowly going back to normal or a little bit um, more structured I guess with transit times and courier times um, we're kind of back to track on in that Um, in the sense of what does it look like for the future how how are we going to navigate if COVID becomes a lifelong thing Um, I'm not sure. I feel uh, collaborations will be more online. Things like this will happen more frequently, um, which I don't mind. I find it cool to be able to collaborate with people and they have full reign on their artistic, um, you know, creativity, for instance. You know, I'm I'm not the one to like micromanage anyone's you know, Instagram feed or Instagram picture. So if they have, they resonate with the product in a certain way and they communicate it however they want to in their content, I'm kind of into it. So I think it will just be um, interesting to see people's takes. So in a slightly different vein, this name, mm. if COVID was not a reality, which haha, mm. for sure yeah. it is going to be. <laughs> um, if So COVID not in the picture, you have unlimited resources yeah. available to you. Yeah. What does your dream version of this name oh, cosmetics look like for you, whether by yeah, way of yeah. product offerings or, yeah, you know, whatever. Gosh. Yeah. Like I mean, what are you working towards? I yeah. guess. 
I mean, like a wider range would be amazing to be able to offer things in the skin department um, would be amazing. Um, You know, one day seeing a physical Tasneem Cosmetics store, multiple Tasneem Cosmetics stores, that would be like a whole. Estonia should be your flagship store. You know what I mean? Like it would have to be. We can have a launch party. It'll be great. You guys can emcee it. No. But, yeah, I don't, at this stage, because I'm just kind of learning as I'm on the job, you know, like I don't really know kind of what the uh, the end result will be. But, you know, manis- manifestation, right, if there's anything that I've learned, it's just really believing in yourself and backing yourself. Speak it into existence. Yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, all the um, chips will fall into place, as, as they say. I think that's the expression. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of kind of it (laughs) so also in that vein yeah um what's what's like one and this may not be a fair question to even ask but what's one thing if you could sit down with the heads of like the biggest beauty brands in the world what's the one thing you want to impart to them about inclusivity Mm. it's so crazy because I feel it's obvious you know like just because things that come so naturally and the mindset that comes so naturally naturally for me of like let's include everyone let's be conscious of everyone's upbringings cultural backgrounds religious you know um preferences etc etc like it feels so obvious but the fact that yeah companies can blunder and get it so wrong it's just like be more aware hire more people from various backgrounds ask questions like you know growing up I was always like very aware of other people's upbringings and other people's circumstances and I was always you know very cautious of certain things I would say in case I ever you know offended anyone or got it wrong so why can't they do the same you know so just being aware being conscious and yeah just sharing a slice of the pie you know what I mean because I feel everyone. There's enough for everybody. Yeah, there's There's enough for everyone. So why hog the privilege? We're done with that. Let's spread it around. Let's sprinkle it so everyone can um, thrive. We mentioned that in an episode actually with Hamza Khan where he said he's – the phrase was um, this false uh, scarcity. So like there's this idea that there aren't enough resources, there isn't enough in the budget, there there isn't enough demand, and it's all – Fake. Yes, yes. because yes. Then all of a sudden that we I know that company will turn around and then hire the next right PSA for it's just about priorities. Yeah, That's all exactly. right. Absolutely, exactly. girl, preach. preach I preach, wonder preach. if there's like an inherent empathy when you're when you're a person of color in a Western society that you just kind of you can go either way. You can yeah. either become just very empathetic way. or you can just be like, I'm gonna very I'm privileged. Gonna just, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna stop on like, everybody trying to go up the ladder. Yeah. Whitewash myself and try to fit in. But I think yeah, for the yeah. most part, but people like that I at least surround myself with are like very aware and cognizant and want to yeah. do better. And most of the time they're people of color who are just like, I want to make sure that I don't deny your reality and the yeah, experience that you've lived sure. just because it's different from mine. Yeah. And I think that's what these companies need to understand is that yeah, there are so many, there are so many different 
ways to live a life exactly. and so many different experiences and it, we've seemed and to like, hung, hang on to one yeah. for some reason and like isn't that well, interesting why can't the company or why can't you know the I guess opposition that's the wrong word but why can't they come in with humility and come in with you know a bit of awareness that's the thing that confuses me because I, I like why is it that like I um correct me if I'm wrong but I seeing the Black Lives Matter movement, people were kind of talking about their experiences at work and having to, um, you know, they felt really uncomfortable checking people because, you know, they didn't want, you know, to offend anyone or ruffle feathers. But then, hang on a minute, you're the one getting discriminated against and you're the one having to, you know, hold someone else's chip on their shoulder. So it's like, it's just a wild thing for me to even like wrap my head around. Like, why is that? But that's, I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier about even colorism, right? It takes a a ton of self-awareness, self-worth and courage to speak up about these things because it's so ingrained in you that discriminated against on the basis of your color or your gender, your sexuality is okay because in actuality you are less than. And so it takes and it's hard, right? Like it's, it's so hard so to reach the place where you're like, wait a second, that's yeah. not okay. No, but there isn't you. a difference be- yeah. in us or in our value because yeah. of these X, Y, Z external. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But even like, for instance, if we're talking about like, I guess, microaggressions that people have brought up, especially in workplaces, like I, as a person of color, would never go to my white co-worker and just be like oh like fair skin like you're really pale today do you know what I mean like I know that might be a touchy topic but I know you've not gone through like a historical or cultural like oppression because of your paleness but I'm not gonna be like sis you need a tan like what you know what I mean like yeah like if I'm like aware enough to be like oh you might be a little bit conscious of like not having a bomb tan you know what I mean like why are you not conscious of not being rude (laughs) I think it's the beauty of like racism right the structure the power structure there's a inherent dynamic there or like uh, like a unlevel playing dynamic field isn't level so you're always going to come in feeling different feeling like the other you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to sing anything that's going to be racist yeah Yeah. you don't want to you don't want the spotlight you don't want the heat Especially yeah. if you're working in like a corporate uh, or not setting, even spotlight or heat. You also, even if it doesn't like ruffle feathers, quote unquote, you also don't want to be seen as like the uptight one, that, right? Or like yeah. the pudgy sensitive yeah. one. Yeah. 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 You don't want to see that black, the angry one. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's, that's what does happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I've like checked friends. They've been like, oh gosh, you're so uptight. Let's kill. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. How many times have I heard that from dudes who are like, you're really feisty and like feisty oh, is just a fucking, you know what feisty is? It's just <laughs> you just being too much of a pussy to call me a bitch. And that's yeah. why you're calling me feisty. Or you not yeah, having sorry any for all of our underage. Believe myself for that one. But that's what it is. It's just feisty is mm-hmm. a euphemism for bitch and you're just yeah. too much of a coward to call me that. Mm-hmm. Slash, you have no other like intelligent justification yeah. for yeah, your. Yeah, you have nothing to back. To, yeah, you have nothing yeah. to contribute. So, so you want to right? Yeah. You want to right? Put me back in my place. That's what it is. Uh, that's a whole another. That's a whole another episode. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so 
this thing. And I know we kind of talked about this a little bit mm. here and there, but I would love to know from you, from your perspective, especially because it seems like this year, like the past yeah. 12, 18 months seem like they were pretty uh, life-changing for you. What are your lessons learned and what do you want to make sure that anybody who's like in a similar, similar situation wants to start yeah. something up? Like what would yeah. your advice be to them? Yeah. Um, I feel my biggest thing was just like believing in, in myself and really backing myself. And as soon as I kind of let go of all the like if buts and maybes, like don't get me wrong, of course you have to be cautious and you have to go into things with a plan. I'm not saying that it, things happen overnight and, you know, you'll be the next big thing. I'm not that by any means. Um, it's a lot of work. But just realizing like if you have the passion for it and if you have the drive and if you like, I don't know, get that like, amazing feeling from what you're doing go for it try it and it doesn't have to be full-time it can be on the like for my the longest period of my life I've been doing creative things on the side on my weekends on the evening like if you really have the passion for it go for it put the work in um and yeah do it for you (laughs) that's honestly I guess my biggest kind of piece of advice from my experience because it's cathartic (laughs) I can maybe it's just me being selfish. I need like it's the free counseling of it all is why I is why I love I'm that. <laughs> yes, it is. It, I can imagine just like finally doing it for yeah. yourself, and then yeah. having such a great perspective. Like you have this lens that's so personal, and is it also just like it benefits the community and uplifts the yeah. community. You can't really go wrong with something like yeah. that. Yeah. As long as you're doing it for like the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's been only amazing so far. So yeah, I'm glad that it's kind of translating like that as well. Yeah, definitely has for me. Mahek, do you have any lessons learned? Yeah, my lesson learned um, from this conversation and the general trend in the beauty community over, you know, the past recent while is I'm so glad that I have a daughter now as opposed to being born like 20, 30 years ago. And I, I'm not saying this just because you're on our podcast, but when I see people like you Mm. who are making it their mission to Mm. be more inclusive and to teach young girls or old girls or whoever young boys, like everybody that being inclusive is right, cool, good, okay, all of these things, it makes me so relieved as a mother that like my Mm -hmm. daughter will have people like you and see that representation and won't have to be, you know, that poor brown girl who everybody says, (laughs) oh my God, why is she darker than her mom is? Don't Um, get it twisted, that poor brown girl becomes, you know, the biggest well, yeah, the badass. Daughter, my two-year-old daughter is already more badass Oof. than me. So yeah, she really no, is. You better I love, love me. Love but, you know, genuinely, like as a yeah. mother, you you worry about yeah. like these crazy things that you never thought would keep you up at night. And you know, I always tell my friends if I had grown up, like if I was mm. in middle school or high school during the realm of Instagram. 100% I'd be on 10 antidepressants yeah. right now. Oh, it is yeah. too hard. So like yeah. those are things that legitimately keep it up yeah. and keep me up yeah. at night. Like how is she yeah. going to navigate, navigate. the shitty yeah. society? I know. Um, but then the upside of it is that through the yeah. internet and through the social media, the social media that shows you how <laughs> the, the socials, yeah. I am. 
the internet, through the Googles, <laughs> she'll have access to people like you who look like her and yeah. teach her that it's amazing and yeah. it's not something that you should feel any type of way about, yeah. any type of yeah. negative way about. Mm-hmm. The flip side, right? Like the flip side of it, like imagine at a young age seeing like a powerful image or like how powerful would it have been to see an image of a brown skinned or dark-skinned woman being celebrated for her beauty yeah like that is like an indelible the first time i I saw mindy kaling on tv was like yeah revelatory or even for her to grow up and see that she can be somebody like this name who decides this is what i want to do i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna fucking do it yeah (laughs) and then like you know that's crazy that's something that i feel like even 20 30 years ago would have been No, right. Yeah. Absolutely. I I, I think like the value you bring in that way in that way, it's amazing. It's amazing. And you know, continued success to you. Oh, thank you so much. That really does mean a lot. And yeah, no, that's given me all the warm warm (laughs) cry for us. (laughs) That's what we're trying to get you to do right now. We haven't had anybody cry. For the next behind the scenes shot. We need to cry. Uh, oh, gosh. oh shit! Liza, your turn. Uh, my, I think my lesson learned is just how um, universal the the shared experience of the South Asian diaspora is. Yes. Like, where where and I are based in New York. We grew up in New Jersey, New York. Um, but we the the fact that you're in like Tallinn, Estonia, you have this like crazy international background, but you still we have mm-hmm. the same shared experience, yeah. and we can relate to each other on. The, and this is the first time we're actually talking, other than yeah. like WhatsApp. The yeah. fact that we instantly fell into this rapport and knew what we were talking about without having to yeah. explain anything, I think is Literally. so powerful and crazy to me that mm-hmm. like there really is this connection mm-hmm. um, with, within the, like, the diaspora. Like, and I that Daisy do. moms really are all the same. They're we all are the same. Daisy aunties, Daisy moms, Daisy moms. Don't get me wrong. moms, I'm kind of low-key so inspired by them as well like the savagery is at a whole new level and like when I grow up I want to check someone like that there's the auntie over there you know oh yes yeah absolutely absolutely this name you want to plug your socials for us yes so you can find our listeners find you yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at Tasneem Cosmetics. And then, of course, our website is Um, But, yeah, that's it. Nice and simple. Only two for you. Fantastic. Well, thank you um, so much. We really no, – Thank you this so great. much. This, this is a great really conversation. Fun. Yeah. This is really fun. Yeah. Refreshing. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Mahek Jamil and on Twitter at Nisi. And you can find me on Instagram at the Cold Shoulder Cat and on uh, Twitter, which I actually just deleted off of my phone because uh, it was, again, oh yeah, again I had to. That's like I, it's this, like, Tinder. <laughs> it's like me. I have this love hate. It's the love of my life and the bane of my existence. Twitter. Mm. Um, so I needed to take like a mental break from it because it was really starting to like depress. Not even just depress me, but scare me. Yeah, uh, just all the news. Yeah, it's gotten oof. It, it's really rough. But you can, if you want to, I'll be on there eventually. But right now, I'm taking okay. a little break. But I'm at Cold Shoulder Cat on Twitter as well. 
And if you haven't heard the news, we are official on Instagram at the Femtimentalists. Um, we also were so lucky to get new intro music from Dr. Pop of Doctors Bop and Pop, and we'll link their profile again. There are two physicians um, who created a platform to start pre- presenting healthy educational material for kids uh, set to really cool music. So check them out. Show us some love on the new intro, which we are psyched about. Um, and catch us next time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.